I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Songs and Stories podcast, episode one. I wasn't quite sure where to start with this episode or what the criteria was going to be for the songs, or in what order I would put them in. But at the time of recording this, that same weekend, it was the weekend before St. Patrick's Day, Ireland had beaten England in Twickenham in the rugby, so we would have heard the song quite a bit that day. But sadly, that same weekend, Pete St. John, the writer of this great song, passed away. So I decided to start episode one with The Fields of Atom Roy. So The Fields of Atom Roy is one of those songs that you would think is a lot older than it is, given it is set in the 1840s during the Great Famine in Ireland. But the song was only written in 1979, and it came into the charts that same year. To put that into a little bit of context, other songs that were in the charts that same year were the likes of The YMCA, The Gambler by Kenny Rogers, Michael Jackson, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, and Tragedy by the Bee Gees. So in general terms, it's not that long ago. The song was originally released that year by the singer Danny Doyle. It reached the top 10 in the Irish singles charts. The song came into the charts again a couple of years later in 1982 for a band called The Barleycorn, and that got as high as number seven in Ireland. But the most successful and widely regarded as definitive version of the song was released the following year in 1983 by Paddy Riley. Although it only got as high as number 4 in the Irish charts, it stayed there for 72 weeks. Since then, two other versions have come into the charts in 1999 and in 2001. A claim was made back in the mid-90s that a broadsheet ballad published way back in the 1880s had quite similar words to the song. However, a researcher and folklorist by the name of John Malden found absolutely no basis to this claim and that Pete St. John did indeed write the words as well as the music to the fields of Atherboy. I did manage to come across an article that claimed that Pete St. John had heard a story about a young man from Atherboy who was caught stealing corn to feed his family during the famine years, and he was deported to Australia. Although that's what the song is about, that's not how Pete St. John came to write the song. In an interview in 2004, St. John said that although the song was written in Dublin, he had gone to Galway to do some reading and research on how tough life was in those dreadful times. He learned that the people were starving and corn had been imported from America to help them. But it was Indian corn that was so hard that the mills here in Ireland couldn't grind it. That meant that it lay uselessly in storage in the docks in Dublin. But nobody trusted the authorities, the Crown, to tell them the truth. So hundreds of starving Irish people marched to the city to get the grain 
and some of them were arrested there and shipped off to Australia in prison ships. The destination for those deported on those prison ships to Australia was of course Botany Bay, referenced in the song. All of this research and information came from Galway, so St John said he decided to set the song in Athenroy, a Galway village where the potato fields lay empty, giving him the name The Fields of Athenroy. So to help tell this story, he invented Michael, Mary and a baby, a family torn apart because the husband stole corn to feed his family. Another character in the song who wasn't fictional was Trevelyan. This is relating to Charles Trevelyan, who was a senior English civil servant at the time. Trevelyan said that the judgment of God sent the calamity to teach the Irish a lesson, and in the song Michael had stolen Trevelyan's corn. Trevelyan was also the crown agent, and in the song Michael rebels against the famine and the crown. This refers to both Trevelyan and the British. So that's a little bit about the song itself and the lyrics and the inspiration behind them according to Pete St. John himself. But as I mentioned at the very start of this episode, this song has become very popular in a sporting context as well. The Fields of Atten Roy first made its way onto the terraces in the late 80s, being sung by supporters of the Galway Gaelic football and hurling teams. It was then adopted by supporters of the Republic of Ireland national football team for the 1990 World Cup and has stayed ever present since. One of its most notable renditions on the international stage came at the 2012 Euros, when around about the 83rd minute Ireland were being beaten 4-0 by Spain and were on the cusp of exiting the tournament, and the fans gave what then became a very famous rendition of the Fields of Athenroy, knowing that kind of the game was over, but it was more of a show of spirit and resilience, I guess, in keeping with the song itself. So here's a clip from that 2012 game against Spain. <laughs> For your small business, if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. So although that version may not sound particularly impressive or any different to any other version, the context of it is quite interesting. It's not as if Ireland at the time were winning well and had cause for celebration, but that rendition of Fields of Athenroy went on for about eight or nine minutes at that stage. And it's also believed that many commentary teams internationally who probably never heard the song before 
had actually paused because the sound was so loud within the ground, just to appreciate it. Going back to the early 90s, Celtic and Ireland goalkeeper Packy Bonner had a testimonial match in 1991 and he invited Pete St. John to attend the event and speak to the crowd before the game. Celtic had a huge Irish following. During the Great Famine in Ireland in the 1840s, over 100,000 Irish famine victims emigrated to Glasgow. So it was fitting that St. John addressed the crowd before the game. He began by thanking Glasgow for looking after the Irish famine victims and he then began to sing The Fields of Athenroy, accompanied by thousands of fans. He later described this as one of the most memorable moments not only of his musical career, but of his life. So as well as Galway, Celtic and the Irish football and rugby teams, it's also sang by the Connacht and Munster province teams as well as the London Irish rugby team. The Cork City football team also have their own version of the song, with the words changed to the fields of Bishopstown. Supporters of Liverpool Football Club also sing their own version of this, the fields of Anfield Road, and a verse was adopted to commemorate the 1989 Hillsborough disaster. So I think it's safe to say that the song's legacy is certainly cemented as a sporting anthem. The song's also made a couple of notable appearances in films, mainly Veronica Guerin and the Dead Poets Society, which is funny because the Dead Poets Society was set 20 years before The Fields of Attenroy was written, but there we go. So there we have it for episode one, The Fields of Attenroy. I tried to keep it short and sweet, but I hope I hit on most of the key points around the song. So the only place to finish is by playing out with The Fields of Attenroy, sung by Paddy Riley. <laughs>
was on the wing We had dreams and songs to sing It's so lonely round the fields of Fields of Athens, right? 